It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Live show for you on this Friday football fiasco. Got a couple great guests that uh, know their NFL really, really well. Adam Rank, NFL Network, joins me in about eh, about 18 minutes from now. And then hour number two, last two segments, we'll get Russell Baxter, Bax football guru on X. Follow him at Adam Rank. You can follow Adam that way. But uh, Russell Baxter, the NFL football guru, has been on the show many, many times. Going to get into those playoff games, some crazy weather. I mean... Sometimes you look and you go, maybe some of these teams are happy they do have those indoor facilities. Dallas, Detroit, uh, got some nasty weather going to be in both those places, but both those games will be indoors. Houston as well, the Texans at home against Cleveland, that'll be indoors. And then you've got rain, it looks like, in Tampa for the Monday night affair between the Hoaxers, Eagles, and the Buccaneers. And then some nasty weather in Kansas City. And in Buffalo. So we'll see if it does play havoc and how those games end up turning out. But we'll get into a lot of NFL playoff talk. Lots going on in the college football world as well. We know the season's over, but we know that the uh, the carousel continues to turn. So uh, we're going to get into it, and uh, let's get rolling right now. Here we are, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, Wednesday, always at Steiner's Pub, PSBR Law, the best in personal injury, Panache, Boyle, and Ravaputi, PSBR Law. You may not need them now, but you may need them in the future for personal injury. Jot the number down. You got that 702 down for Vegas, 830-9353, 830-9353, In SoCal for a long time, you're number five now here in the Vegas Valley, strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. PSBRlaw.com, go check it out, and let's get rolling. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, going to go right to the college football world, and I tweeted out a picture from Resorts World earlier in 2023, right before the last Pac-12 season kicked off. Kalen DeBoer, head coach of the Washington Huskies, was able to grab a selfie there and uh, talk with Coach DeBoer. And, of course, he's good friends with my uh, main guy as far as sponsorship here on SportsX Radio, Brian Panish, PSBR Law. Brian Panish, the senior partner. But Brian was instrumental in helping bring Kalen DeBoer from Indiana over to Fresno State. Now, he was at Fresno State as an offensive coordinator, but got that same position there at Indiana for Tom Allen. But then Fresno State says, hey, we got a head coaching job open. You want to come out here? So Kalen DeBoer... Went back out after Tedford stepped away for a little bit. But then, of course, DeBoer got the offer from Seattle, from Washington. Had to go Pac-12. And what a stellar career. Only lost a few games there in a couple years. And that is all parlayed now into the head honcho in Tuscaloosa. That's right, replacing Nick Saban. Boy, you talk about setting the bar high. But DeBoer, if anybody's up to the task, this guy is. There's no question about it. He just continues to ascend up the college football ladder. And uh, he will be able to keep some of those prized recruits, I'm sure, right there at Tuscaloosa. Isaiah Bond, one of their better receivers, he has already opted out into the transfer portal. And I'm sure you'll see more follow. They already had nine 
go to the transfer portal why Saban was still in charge there. And again, when I talked about it last night, why not? If you're a five- or four-star recruit, you're going to be sitting on the bench at Alabama. Why not go somewhere else? Make some money while you're in college. Because only one, one and a half, maybe two percent of these guys even get a crack at the NFL. But we'll wish Kalen DeBoer all the luck at Alabama. It'll be easier for me to root for uh, Bama now with Saban out of there. A lot of respect for Saban, but gosh dang, that little czar, man, just couldn't beat him. And he won too much as far as I was concerned, but a stellar career. All right, let's cruise. Number two. And we'll go right to the NFL now. Well, we know uh, Mr. Belichick stepping away after 24 seasons. So a lot of uh, people, including myself, speculating that potentially could be Mike Vrabel, former Patriot, going back up to Foxborough, taking over that New England Patriot team and uh, getting them back on the map and back on track. But no, it is Gerard Mayo right there from the staff. Started out as a linebacker's coach back in 2019, Belichick making that hire, but he really ascended up that ladder for coach uh, for the owner, Kraft, and for uh, Coach Belichick. Now, Belichick's son will remain on the team. Steve, I believe, will be defensive coordinator. We'll wait and see if that stays intact, and maybe that was part of the deal that they worked out. But Gerard Mayo going to get a crack, and uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that with Adam Rank from the NFL Network and some of these hirings and some of the uh, firings, including Pete Carroll. We'll do all of that, but congratulations to to Gerard Mayo. I hope he does a nice job there. And we'll see if Bill Belichick does surface somewhere else. Still some vacancies open. We'll wait and see where he goes or does he end up going to the booth like we think Nick Saban will at the college level. Number three. All right, I'm going to stay right. uh, Well, I was going to go to uh, stay with the little NFL, but we'll come back to the NFL because a couple big moves in Major League Baseball. Well, Marcus Stroman, this guy's been around the block, but he's still a pretty consistent pitcher, somebody that you don't mind having on your staff. However, it's the pinstripes for the love of God. The Yankees grabbing Marcus Stroman for two years, $37 million. Pretty good deal. Meanwhile, San Francisco, they're going to give Jordan Hicks, big right-hander, they're going to give him a chance to be a starting pitcher. Take him out of the pen, four-year deal, $44 million contract. I think that's a good move there by the Giants. Hicks has uh, got experience as a starter, but, you know, really has, you know, kind of engraved himself as far as a pretty solid throwing guy out of the bullpen. 6'2", 220, this guy can bring it big time and got a $2 million uh, performance bonus deal in there as well with the Giants. So a nice little contract there, but it'll be interesting. Jordan Hicks, can he deliver for my good buddy Larry Ragusa and his Giants? I think he can. We'll wait and see how it turns out, but that's two big moves as far as Major League Baseball. Number four. All right, number four. How about VGK, baby? Coming to play last night, and they needed a W. After getting whitewashed on Thursday, or I should say on Wednesday by Colorado. I was there at Steiner's taking that game in, and it was ugly because you don't mind losing, but you want to at least score. And that's the thing with the Golden Knights. They've really been hampered as far as offensive production. And it's uh, really been tough. You know, when you go 3-8 and eight in an 11-game span, not good. But last night, a big game with front-running Boston. The Bruins, of course, last year, best record. And some about in the Eastern Conference and also got that President's Trophy best record overall. And they're in a nip-and-tuck race with Florida right now in the Atlantic. So uh, that's a pretty good race there. But Boston coming back. And Coach Cassidy wore the Vegas Golden Knights. Still a little animosity, I think, as far as being let go by that Bruins team after bringing them to the playoffs five straight years. So uh, he had a little bit for him, and uh, Golden Knights able to play not a good offensive game 
very solid defensive game and get solid goaltending from Logan Thompson between the pipes. 1-1 after regulation, but the OT victory, thanks to Mr. Petrangelo stepping up big time and getting that game winner. Golden Knights, they get a W. Now, can they keep momentum going? We'll find out. There'll be a lot of these snowbirds trying to invade the fortress tomorrow because Calgary's in town, and we know the snow. Nasty this time of year, usually up there in Alberta. So they're going to try and warm up in the fortress, but they think that the Golden Knights will make it two wins in a row, and uh, Chicago Bill guarantees it. He tells me, KT, they're going to take care of business, then they're going to beat Nashville or whatever. He was giving me the rundown. So he says Golden Knights are going to close out and take care of business. Take it from me, KT. Chicago Bill's telling you, put some money on the Knights tomorrow against Calgary. I'm going to trust the old man. He's an Army guy. I don't really trust him when it comes to the old Army-Navy game. But other than that, I'll take Chicago Bill's word for it. I'll bet the Golden Knights tomorrow. Number five. And then we've got, of course, college basketball. Coming up on Saturday, a couple high noon affairs. Ladies are going to be Lady Rebs, Lindy LaRocks gals. Still sitting in the top 25 there as far as uh, Lady Rebels and doing a real nice job. And they're going to be in Colorado Springs tomorrow against Air Force as they try to make it 28 straight inside Mountain West Conference play. Doesn't get much better than that. Meanwhile, the guys, they're going to be right here in town. High noon affair. Get down there. Support them. Be out there. Make sure that you are there because we're going to need all the crowd support we can get because it's a pretty good Utah State team. Those Aggies are tough. The boys from Logan always play better at home like most teams. But we really need to get that home court advantage there for Kevin Kruger. And coming off a nice win earlier in the week against New Mexico, we need to have the sweep at home to take care of business. Got to win, win the games at home and try and split out on the road, grab one here or there when you can. And that is a look at our starting five. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn. And, of course, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. If you haven't downloaded that free app, do it now. Uh, use the Rewind feature. You miss any part of the show, you want to go back. Great rewind feature, and uh, that's good to go after the broadcast. Just search SportsX Radio, or you can search the Mark Hoke Show. That's my uh, good buddy and producer, Mark Hoke. Does a great job on his pro wrestling show on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. as well. And uh, he's been busy with all the wrestling going on and interviews. And uh, I mean, he's a busy camper, no question, and uh, going to be some more solid interviews next week from the Hokester. Now, KT will not be here next Friday, so Friday football fiasco. But the hoaxer will be part of whoever we decide to bring into studio. And there's several candidates. And uh, we're just hoping that the uh, voting is fair and square. And we think it is here. I mean, so we'll let you know who the uh, winner is for next Friday to cover the Friday football fiasco as the NFL playoffs forge forward. And, of course, updating all the uh, stuff going as far as coaching carousels. But KT is going to be taking in a little rock and roll down in Tucson, Arizona. A little Zach Sabbath, my brother-in-law, Zach Wild, Going to be doing a little Zach Sabbath show. He's in uh, North Carolina tonight, but he will be in Tucson. And uh, looking forward. Haven't seen him in a while. And I have not seen that show or the Pantera show. So I've seen, you know, Black Label Society, and I've always seen him with Ozzy. And I uh, really want to take in this Zach Sabbath stuff, some old school rock and roll. And uh, that'll be fun. So... Uh, we'll keep you updated on Monday and Tuesday and let you know who's going to be sitting in the uh, catbird seat right here at PSBR Law Studios next Friday. Some other moves as far as uh, college football. I just want to get this out. If you missed it, and I uh, meant to mention it yesterday. We taped the show yesterday because, of course, we had our big Odyssey corporate dinner. And those are always the best because, you know, they're comped, right? doesn't get much better than that. But we went to Primal Steakhouse. That was my first time there here in the Vegas Valley. 
what a cool place. I mean, really, really cool. Like, if you like, you know, stuff back, Renaissance period, and just like, you know, where you have to basically battle for your lives with swords and helmets, and you got to see the different uh, style helmets from way back when, and uh, the hoaxer and uh, his daughter Amanda, uh, they were enamored with a lot of that stuff, and we were taking in the uh, ambiance there. And then some outstanding violin play as well. And Christy, of course, my wife, big music teacher, she wasn't with me last night, but she would really have appreciated that. And, uh, and I'm talking like, I mean, you're hearing uh, like Ed Sheeran, violin stuff, and different songs, and you're able to recognize them. And uh, I will say this, uh, the, the gentleman that was playing was absolutely phenomenal, outstanding, didn't miss a beat, didn't skip a beat, and just kind of kept us all uh, enjoying our dinners with some great music behind us. But the food was outstanding, got one of those uh, big, big steaks and uh, had the shrimp scampi and the salad, the uh, uh, whatever type of salad it was. It was really nice with the mixed greens and a great dressing. So really good stuff there and did appreciate. And a nice little glass of Pinot Noir, which is my favorite red. And uh, always enjoy with a steak, a nice glass of Pinot Noir. So that was good stuff. And it was great to uh, meet some people from the Odyssey corporate uh, side of things that I had not known. So good stuff there. And uh, looking forward to meeting some more of those folks down the line and uh, bonding relationships. Of course, Odyssey uh, able to get K-Dawn last year in November. That transition went down, and we are very fortunate to be part of the Odyssey group. And I love that they do have that Odyssey Rewind feature and that it is a free app, not only here in the States, but it's a worldwide app. So you could tell anybody, relatives, download that free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and listen to the programming and search. And there's so many great programs around the country that you can go and listen to. So we are happy to be part of the network. You can also follow the uh, sh- the show at Ken Thompson 87 and at SportsX Radio. Those are the two X handles, formerly known as Twitter, and always get archives pinned up to those two handles at the end of the show as well. I actually have a uh, picture of Kalen DeBoer when I was with him uh, earlier at Resorts World at that Pac-12 media day. So I uh, sent that out. And I think I started telling that story. But my wife's like, you know, you start telling too many stories. She goes, I don't even know what rabbit holes you're going down. She goes, you'll start one story. And next thing, we're not even in the same area code of what we started talking about. She's like, how do you do that? Like, how do you try to just take me away from what I was initially talking about? Of course, when it's something where she needs more money or something like that, that's what you want to do. Steer them into something else. Mesmerize them with a little, you know. I don't know, just a little samurai stuff and just kind of throw a little black magic out there. And next thing you know, hey, all right, hun, got to go. Talk to you later. But, uh, oh, Christy's a little too wise for KT. So as long as I don't hear the word buffoonery, I know I haven't screwed up too badly. We're going to come back. Adam Rank's going to join us, NFL Network. Lots of things going on as far as NFL. Got a couple playoff games tomorrow. Cleveland and Houston will start it out. And uh, some big games coming weather-wise. And the one late tomorrow. Hmm. Look out, Kansas City and Miami. Boy, I feel sorry for those fish going out there, those dolphins. I mean, I could be sushi on ice. Talking about negative one degrees and 18-mile-per-hour winds when they kick off. That's what they're looking at right now. So we will get into all of this with Adam Rank. And then again, at the bottom of hour number two with Russell Baxter. Like I said, Mark Hoke running the show, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn. And we're streaming live on that Odyssey app from PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. We're coming right back on a Friday football fiasco live from Vegas. Keep it right here. Well, I just want to get close to you and taste your love so sweet. And I just want 
Uh, we are rocking and rolling, baby. Little White Snake, one of Christie's favorites, and uh, it's a Friday football fiasco. So the Hoaxers spinning the hits there. A little uh, rock and roll, get the uh, the blood going there, and we're going to be talking some NFL stuff with Adam Rankin just a little bit from the NFL Network, and again, uh, Russell Baxter, hour number two the NFL football guru, but I'm going to get to some scores real quick. Uh, let's go right to the association and the Hoaxers Sixers taking care of business, 87-73, 25 seconds left, third quarter from Philly, and that game went off a pick so we'll keep an eye on that one. Total was 243. They don't have a chance at that unless it goes into overtime. Sacramento and uh, the Sixers in uh, in Philly. I'm sorry, I thought I said uh, Sacramento, but I guess I did not because Hoekster in my ear goes, who are they playing? They're up by 14, 87-73 Philadelphia leading at home. Pacers taking care of business. This team's fun to watch. They can score. Total in this game was 256.5 when it opened. It went down to 249.5, and, and it is going to be a dead under. I mean, unless this game goes into double overtime. There's only 840 left in regulation, 111-89 to 89, Indiana leading Atlanta. Hawks closing a five-and-a-half point favorite. And uh, right now, Pacers taking care of business. And again, that's going to be a dead under. So it looks like uh, going to get the road team and the under. Tied, and now the Pistons have the lead. Yes, could only be for a brief second, but we'll take it. 91-90, Pistons leading with 11 minutes to go in the Motor City over the Houston Rockets. Eight-and-a-half point underdogs. We'll see if Detroit can get a rare win. And uh, now it is tied at 92. So we won't look at it any longer, but we'll at least know they're, they're tied with 9.30 to go in that fourth quarter. Miami at home in South Beach, 10.55 to go third quarter lead. Orlando battle with a couple Florida teams, 59.57 heat. Closing as a one-and-a-half point home favorite, 219-and-a-half is your total. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Clippers, nice uh, road effort so far. It's early, but they've put up a ton of points. Second half just underway, 2 minutes 30 seconds into that third quarter, 73-56. Clippers on top of the Grizz, of course, without John Morant for the year. Clips closing as a 9.5-point road favorite, up by 17 right now. T-Wolves, no problem with the Blazers. Blazers got beat by 62 last night, and they're down 19 already with 9.25 to go third quarter tonight. T-Wolves lead it 65-46, laying 16, 220.5 is your total. And the Bulls up on top of the Warriors by 10 11.25 to go as third quarter just underway. 75-65 Chicago laying 2.5, 2.29 is your total. And the uh, Spurs also at the half in San Antonio up by 21 big ones on Charlotte. 66-45, to 45. just a 2.5 point home favorite San Antonio with a total of 237 and 66-45. Two games yet to tip off, Pelicans and Nuggets from Denver. It is the uh, Nuggets minus 5.5, 230.5. And then we've got the Raptors and the Jazz from Utah. Utah minus two, 242.5, of course, using the Westgate Superbook odds, courtesy of Jay Cornegay and the guys. Meanwhile, on the ice, just a couple games going. Nashville leads Dallas right now, 620 to go, second period from Big D, and a low-scoring, good defensive battle going one nothing. Nashville leads it. Uh, Stars closing on their home ice of minus 175 with a 6.5 total. You're not going to get there unless something happens quickly. Meanwhile, uh, the Hoaxers... Uh, the uh, Flyers, they are uh, in Minnesota, 1-1, one to one, 6.45 to go in the second period there as uh, Philly, actually a rare road favorite for the Flyers, minus 110, six-year total. College basketball on the on the uh, hardwood, and I had uh, just a tough day yesterday, 3-5-1, and one. but only one game played today, Stetson, right, the Hatters. I looked at it and I go, this team's pretty good, and they just got pasted. And I think they're going to be able to come out and take care of business 
against Queens, North Carolina. Now, last year, that team, Queens, North Carolina, they made me some good money, but their team is not near as good. And I kind of looked and did some research on these two teams. So they were only laying two of the Hatters because they were coming off getting blown out. So I said, you know what? They're going to take care of business. I texted my good pal Chuck Edel, and uh, Chuck said, all right, KT, I'm on it. 84-66, Stetson beats Queens. So I got that one right. Hopefully I'll have a bunch of them right for you tomorrow. I'll give a bunch of plays out in hour number two. 78-75, Kennesaw State gets past Florida Gulf Coast, but do not cover the six and a half in a game that gets over by a half point. The total was 152, actually uh, one point, uh, and finishes at 153, 78-75, your final. North Florida beat Jacksonville, laying four and a half. They win it by eight, 82-74. A couple games just underway. Villanova, actually a little bit ago, up by 10 at the half in Philly over DePaul, 42-32, laying 19, 136, your total. So on the way as far as an overpace, and uh, we'll get with Adam Rank in just one second. Then Wright State, the Red Raiders, Scott Nagy's boys, leading at Youngstown State, 27-21, uh, 7.55 to go in the first half. The two games that have yet to tip off, one will tip in about five minutes from Iowa City. That's Nebraska coming off the big win against number one Purdue. Hoytberg uh, uh, takes the boys on the road to take on Fran McCaffrey. And the Hawkeyes right now favored four and a half, totals 166 and a half. And then Mountain West style, right there, Lawler Event Center up in Reno. It'll be Boise State, Leon Rice's Broncos going up against Nevada and the Wolfpack. Wolfpack minus six and a half, 140 year total. Matinee style, Wisconsin, Milwaukee beat Cleveland State 88 to 80. They get the win to cover. The game goes over. Akron 76 59. They blow out Buffalo. They were laying 16 and a half. They win it by 17. Are you kidding me? You can't make this stuff up. Game barely gets over the total. Canisius beat Siena. Battle of upstate New York teams do not cover the eight and a half. 67 63. Game stays under. Quinnipiac, 11 better than Maris. Beat the Red Foxes on their home court 66 55. Win cover. Game stays under. Niagara. Fairfield had won eight in a row, but Niagara, the Purple Eagles, bury them 96 72. Good effort there as two point home dogs in a game that flies over the total. South Florida, 50-33, to 33, they outscored Rice in the second half and win by eight, get the win to cover in a game that goes over, and they uh, do cover that 4.5, 81-73. Dayton, good Flyers team, and uh, Anthony Grant, heck of a coach, 72-62. They beat Duquesne, Dayton did, the Flyers, very solid in this one. And then Robert Morris came back in an overtime, beat I- IPFW as three-and-a-half-point home dogs. They win it by 391 91-88. 71-58, Ryder beats Manhattan, win cover of the nine-and-a-half. Game stays under in the last game in the Big Ten, Indiana in Bloomington. They take care of business against Minnesota, 74-62, to beat the Golden Gophers by 12, cover the four-and-a-half in a game that stays under the total. Get to a ton of college basketball in hour number two, but it's NFL football that's at the forefront from the NFL Network. Not only is he outstanding as far as fantasy football, but he knows his football inside out. He's a big Bears fan, and we've talked about Justin Fields, and I'm a, a guy that likes Justin Fields, and I think he's a guy that fits the, the Bears persona. Just give him some weapons, so Marvin Harrison Jr. and somebody else maybe uh, get some good picks there in that first round, and, and then give it a go, because I really like this team. They were very competitive, lost a couple games that maybe they should have won down the stretch, and even that last game against Green Bay was there for the taking, but the pack got it done, and they'll be playing Dallas in that wild card weekend. Adam Rank, great to have you back. SportsX Radio, as always, my man. How are things going for uh, Mr. AR? Oh, really good. Thank you so much. Sorry for the uh, late-minute scramble sitting here getting the kids fed on a Friday night. You know how it goes. Like, you get everybody fed, then I finally sit down to, uh, to, to feast on my meal. I'm like, oh, shoot, it's 625. Let's go. Well, there well, you go. I'm super excited to be here. I'm, listen, I got it done. I wolfed it down. Like, you know – 
uh, as a parent, you're like, you get like, if you get three solid minutes to eat, you're feeling pretty good. You're like, that's good. There that's you a go. Good amount well, of time. I'm telling you, I remember old boot camp. And it, listen, if there's if there's a radio that's up, Addy, I don't know because uh, I'm getting a little feedback. I don't know, but uh, here here's the thing: if uh, you know when you go to boot camp, you literally have like five six minutes to eat. And I mean, that is it. You got to keep your head down and, and that's it. And then I remember going to boot camp, Great Lakes, Illinois, back in the Navy days and, and the Marine guys that I met on our aircraft carrier, they go, are you kidding me? You guys, you guys got five, six minutes. We got like three minutes. And if we even got caught looking at anybody else that was sitting there eating, they took your food away. And so you really had to be concentrating and boom, get in there, take care of business and back out there on the uh, battlefield, uh, working at your craft, so to speak. So I do remember those days, but it is great to have you as always. And we got some great games, and that Cleveland Browns team, really, really solid with Flacco at the helm. I mean, the offense finally got going. I'm wondering about Ward now, Denzel Ward. Is he going to be able to go? Because we know he got nicked up in practice, and I did not know. There's a couple injuries that I didn't know if you had updates on, but that's going to be a fun game. C.J. Stroud and the Texans taking care of business against the Colts, and that worked out to not only did they make the playoffs and knew they were, as, were a wild card, but then when Jacksonville dropped their fifth straight, losing at Tennessee, and uh, I called that one. I got one out of the two upsets that I called last week, but I, I got that one, and uh, Sunshine and the guys don't make the playoffs, but that's a pretty fun team over there, and D'Amico Ryans has done one hell of a job in his first year. Yeah, this is probably the worst matchup for the Browns that you could have had. I I would have picked the Browns over pretty much everybody playing on wildcard weekend, except for the Texans, because I think they, they pronounce, they uh, present a pretty unique challenge for them. I got the last time these two teams played CJ Stroud was not the quarterback. I don't believe Will Anderson played. Some of the other guys on the defensive front also didn't play. And when you look at the Browns, who I think have done a tremendous job. I love what Joe Flacco does. I've been a big fan of his ever since he was in Baltimore. I thought he was a, a good quarterback. I never, But they made the, the jokes about Joe Flacco being elite. I was always like, if you, if you look at his playoff numbers, they're pretty good. Like, he's, he's really good. Like, he really turns it on during the playoffs. And so I, I thought that that was good for them, and I think they've been playing well. But, you know, I think of all the injuries that they've had on the offensive line, and with Houston getting healthy defensively, I think this could end up being a problem for them. So I'm sort of, I'm not sort of, I am actually leaning towards the Texans in this one. What about points-wise? Because the total has gone up just a little bit, up to 45. It's indoors, and, you know, the, thank goodness there's uh, three of those games indoors because two of them would really have some nasty weather uh, in Dallas and in Detroit. But uh, this game is indoors as well at NRG Stadium. You think we're going to see some points because, you know, Cleveland, the offense, has been moving under Flacco, and then we've seen Stroud step up, and my goodness, didn't waste any time last week against Indianapolis with a 75-yard touchdown toss to Collins to start the game. Uh, what's your take as far as how the game goes, or do you expect, expect both teams maybe to kind of, you know, fill each other out and maybe we have a lower-scoring game? Well, I think definitely in the first half it's going to be low-scoring, and I think they'll take a little bit of time. Obviously, the Browns rested all their starters or most of their starters, I should say, except for the guys that needed to hit some, some roster bonuses like Jadamian Clowney or whatnot. So, or no, Clowney was with the, the Ravens. That's, I'm, I'm getting, sorry, he's been bouncing around so much I get confused. But, you know, the, the Browns sat a lot of dudes, so I think that they'll probably come out a little bit, not sluggish, but like they're going to slow play it just a little bit. So I think if anybody's looking at totals in the first half, you're going to be like, all right, we might want to be, you know, it might be lower scoring than people are anticipating. 
and then they might get, you know, it, it might turn into one of those games because the Bears ended up scoring a lot of points on that Browns defense. And even then, like Bob Tunyon dropped the ball and there were some other plays that were missed. And then Cleveland was scoring a ton. So I think it's one of those games that at the end of it, like it ends up being a, a lot, a lot more productive score-wise than what we're going to get out of the first three, eh, at least two quarters, at least the first half. So I, I think that there could be some fireworks towards the end of it, but I think it's going to start off slow uh, early as, as both these teams start. Like, you know, because you got, like, not, not only do you have the Browns coming off essentially a bye, uh, the Texans are, you know, first time for C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan in this situation. And obviously, C.J. Stroud went to Ohio State, so it's not like, He's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment, but at the same time, they'll probably take a, you know, it'll be a little, it'll be a little bit, a couple of jabs going instead of some haymakers early on. All right. The uh, late game, it is going to be nasty over there in Kansas city. I mean, up to 18 mile an hour wins right now. It's listed as one below potentially at kickoff chiefs minus four and a half, 43 and a half. And we know the dolphins very shorthanded and uh, even went uh, on the defensive side of the ball and ended up signing uh, Justin Houston, Bruce Irvin, uh, how much these guys can force, get force-fed and, and learn. But we know they're both veterans, so uh, you know they're probably going to get some time. But talk to me a little bit about Fangio, what he needs to do to slow down Mahomes and the guys, and what about the offense? Uh, what are we looking at with Jalen Waddle? Is he going to be able to go and help out Tyreek Hill? But are you going to even be able to pass the ball? Because when you get the minus one, that's one thing. But when you look at 18-mile-an-hour wins, just depends. Maybe you'll be able to throw the ball when you have the win, but if you're going against it in that type of weather, it could be nasty. No, absolutely. But remember last year, you know, Miami went up to Buffalo, and people are anticipating the, the Dolphins just getting blown out. And Miami hung around, you know, even though they're this, you know, warm-weather team. Down there in South Beach, they still found a way to, to hang in that game and keep it competitive. And I – I would anticipate more of the same. I don't think the weather plays as much as a factor as like what you were talking about with all the injuries and everything that's been happening with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, losing out on Bradley Chubb is just a huge loss for this team. And even if Jalen Waddle's able to go, he's been nicked up. Raheem Mostert's been battling injuries. So even if some of these guys are healthy and available for the Dolphins, how effective are they really going to be? And this is just one of those unfortunate circumstances that, you know, had Miami come into this playoff situation completely healthy, I think they could have made some noise. I think they could have been a problem for some people. But, you know, we've seen, you know, this season they've had like one quality win over a, a team with a winning record. It was against the Cowboys in, what, week 14. So I, I, I don't like the – I don't necessarily like the Chiefs that much. I don't think that they're – you know, I don't, I don't think you need to be afraid of going into Arrowhead and, and, and stealing a victory or anything like that. But I am going to lead towards the playoff experience, and I do think that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and those guys find a way to get it done. Rasheed Rice is somebody that I would keep an eye on. I think that you know when the wind chill or the or when the wind when the wind is as as gust as you know when it's gusting as much as it is, you got to look for those throws like back behind the line of scrimmage or finding ways to get the ball into your really talented players' hands, be it Tyreek Hill or Rasheed Rice. I think both those guys play a huge factor in here. I'm really interested to see. Rasheed Rice is that X factor.
There you go. And, of course, not only losing Chubb, but losing Phillips, and then Van Ginkle goes down. It's uh, It's been really tough. Now, Ramsey should be able to go. A-Chan listed as probable now. And on the offensive line, Eichenberg and Armstead, your left tackle, they'll both be able to go as well. Tyree Kill, good to go. And we're still waiting on Jalen Waddle, And they really haven't had both those guys healthy in too many of the games. Most are still listed as questionable, but I'm sure he'll give it a go if it, you know, at all possible. I mean, they know what's on the line here. And Miami, of course, a warm-weather team. But I think we all looked at them to, yes, be a problem in the AFC, but we all expected them earlier in the year, the way they were playing, to have a home game, at least one. And uh, right now they're going to start out in Kansas City. We're going to take a break. We will come back. We'll get into Sunday's games. we got three of those, and then we'll close with the Monday night affair, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. We've got our man Adam Rank, NFL Network. And, again, if you miss any part of the show, use that Rewind feature on Odyssey, the free app worldwide. A-U-D-A-C-Y, 101.5 FM K-Dome. We stream live on that Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson, PSBR Law Studios, live from Vegas with Adam Rank. We're coming right back on a Friday football fiasco. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. A little cold as ice, a little foreigner. So Mark Hoke with the theme there, Buffalo-Pittsburgh. Could have some ice there in Kansas City at home against Miami. Going to be nasty there. So uh, minus one. Wow. That's without the wind chill. And again, 18-mile-an-hour winds. Old boot camp weather reminded me well, what that was all like, and I'd rather forget it. But let's get back with Adam Rank. He knows all about that cold weather, being a Bears fan. Uh, if he's made it to Soldier Field. Adam, what about it? I mean, you're a West Coast guy, but you're a Bears fan. Have you made it to Soldier? Oh, yeah. You know, what's funny is uh, when you're talking about Great Lakes, that's where my dad was. That's where. Uh, that's why I was born in Chicago or the greater Chicagoland area, for anybody who's familiar with it, obviously. Uh, one of the suburbs out there. But, yeah, you know, um, it's been a while. I'm a softie. You know, I'm a West Coast softie now, so I don't really, you know, I don't want to be out there in the cold weather. Like even even like being at SoFi Stadium, it's got the canopy on it. It's like just put it in the dome. Like do it. Like control the weather. Um, but yeah, so a, a couple of those games are fun to watch. You know, last week it was uh, New England and New and uh, the Jets who were playing in the snow. It looks like Sunday could be a snow game for the Buffalo Bills. So. I'm looking forward to all that. That's always a lot of fun. All right, so the Bills, though, a little shorthanded themselves. Gabe Davis going to miss, and he's a very solid receiver. Taylor Rapp also out. The safety came up with a big interception against Miami. When we look at this Buffalo team, though, there is depth as far as at the receiver position. We know Stephon Diggs is the first guy that you think of, but Khalil Shakira stepped up nicely. And then Trent Shearfield has done a nice job of late. And Deontay Hardy, of course, can step up. We know he had the big 94-yard punt return against Miami that really got Buffalo back on track in that game. Who do you like in this one? Because I know without T.J. Watt, most people right away, they're like, ah, oh, Buffalo could take care of business. But the cold weather, Najee Harris is probable now, and you've got Warren, so they've got a good tandem there running the ball. And then uh, old Rudolph, we talked about it, he's been guiding that sleigh pretty well, 3-0. and So maybe the snow not going to affect Rudolph, Rudolph as much there. What about it? Yeah, but as you said, it's a T.J. Watt thing. Like that, the Steelers' record without T.J. Watt is atrocious. And so I really do believe that despite the fact that Gabe Davis is out, Joe Brady, ever since he's taken over as 
offensive coordinator for the Bills, they've done a really effective job at running the football. You know, if you look at Josh Allen's numbers, they're not they're not overly impressive for a quarterback who's been stringing together a bunch of wins. It's been a lot of James Cook, and so for me, I think Buffalo can control the clock that way. And without they, without T.J. Watt, I know it's a cop out. Uh, it's not giving Pittsburgh enough credit for how well they've played getting into the playoffs, but at the same time, I think I'm not like necessarily hyper about Buffalo. Like I don't think they're good. And I honestly, if, if T.J. Watt was playing, I'd probably be picking the Steelers. But uh, yeah, give me the Bills in this one. I don't feel great, but uh, give me give me the Bills in this one. All right, so you got the Bills. The Bills are minus nine and a half. It is ducked under ten for the first time in a long time. The total listed at thirty three and a half. Middle game will be the Packers at the Cowboys. Packers beating the Bears last week at Lambeau. So Jordan Love and the guys, they'll be the youngest team. Wild card weekend that'll be in the postseason. Cowboys are minus seven. Now that stood at seven and a half for a long time. Dropped to seven yesterday, and that's where it sits. Fifty and a half your total. Look, Aaron Jones finally 100%. That's good news for the pack. There's some other guys that are a little bit banged up, but uh, they've got some weapons for Jordan Love. The question is, can they protect against Parsons and those guys because the Cowboys, they seem to feast on opposing quarterbacks when they're at home, although they did struggle with Detroit. We know a little shenanigans there as far as who's eligible, who's not. Otherwise, Detroit comes away with a road victory, but Dallas remains unblemished at home. Who do you like in this one? Can the young pack, can they hang in there against Dallas, or does Dallas get it going and Dak and the guys roll? Well, I think so. I mean, everybody's been telling Newton Love is better than Favre and Rodgers put together. He's, he's apparently the greatest quarterback who ever lived. He's the best quarterback in Packers history already after beating the Panthers and beating the Bears and doing whatever. Like, they like they lost to the Giants like a couple of weeks ago, and now everybody, I don't know. I just, because I'm too close to it, I'm with Quanny B. I'm with Jaquan Brisker. I, I told him this week, I'm like, brother, I'm with you, man. Yeah, you know, some, I was going to say, you sound like a real Bears fan right there, just dissing okay, the Packers. No. I love it. Yeah. That's... No, no, but I'm picking them. No, I'll pick the Packers. I'm like, no, apparently they're so great. I mean, listen, the Packers don't lose in the playoffs until they play the 49ers anyway. So why not, like, run it back? And I've seen, I've seen enough of Mike McCarthy in the playoffs to where you're like, you know what? I'm out. Like, I, I'm still not sold on Dallas. As much as I'm not sold on Green Bay, I'm not sold on Dallas. I don't think. I don't know. I think this one's not going to go the way the public wants it to, and I think it's it's going to be it's going to be eye opening. And I hate that I have to be on the Packers side on this one, but I really do think, especially because of uh, Aaron Jones, when they when they he's made such a huge difference for them uh, ever since he's returned. Not only because he's a good runner, but he's also a great receiver out of the backfield and just does so many different things. He's so hard to account for, and he's really truly like one of the most underrated players in the NFL. I don't like saying it, but like he really is a great player and you got to give him a lot of credit. And I think that uh, the, the public's being dis well, the numbers coming down a little bit, but the, 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 the public's being disrespectful to the Packers. And I like that part, but I'm like, it's not wise. Wow. I'll tell you, man, if McCarthy loses to green Bay loses, he's out. I don't care. There's just no way that Jerry Jones will let that go down if McCarthy loses to this young Packer team at home when Dallas is still unbeaten in Big D. And uh, Christian Watson probably not going to be able to go for Green Bay, but Dubs is there, Jaden Reed. they got some young guys, Bo Melton, and uh, they use the tight end, Musgrave. Well, yeah, yeah, they're they, fine. They got, they got players. Yeah, that's, and uh, 
Tucker Craft. Yeah, they got some players. They do a, they do a nice job of drafting. There you go. And Rashawn Gary and company are gonna have to get after Prescott a little bit, make him uncomfortable so he doesn't have to so he's not able to sit back there and pick him apart with C D Lamb running open in the secondary. All right, let's jump over to uh Rams and Lions from Big D. Lions now, it's coming out. Laporta is still a game time decision. So initially we thought he was definitely out. Lions are minus three fifty two and a half against the Rams. Matthew Stafford and company going back to uh, Big D. This is going to be to where Stafford gets the nice applause from the fans for all those years that he gave service. But then 30 seconds later, they're going to want to take his head off. So what about it? Lions minus three at home, Ford Field indoors against Stafford and the Rams with uh, Puka Nakua and uh, Mr. Cup. Pretty solid combination receiver-wise. Oh, my gosh. Kenny, you've been spending too much time with Derek Stevens. You're the only ones that refer to Detroit as the D. That's Dallas. Come on. But here's my thing. I like the story of the Lions. Like, it's been great. Like, it's, it's been a lot of fun. They've got a nice, and, you know, the coach is amazing. Dan Campbell's awesome. Like, well, I, I get it. Like, it's, it's been a really great story. My guy, David Montgomery, plays for them. I love it. But at the same time, like, I got to go with the Rams. Like, Matthew Stafford is coming back to Detroit. And he's a he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't think that he gets enough deference and respect. As everybody's been sitting, I try to tell people for years. I'm like, I don't like, I I don't think that he gets enough credit for as great as he has been over the course of his career. And this is another opportunity to cement that. I'm actually really rooting for the Rams because I've been trying to tell people, I'm like, why does he not get? put into the same conversations as Aaron Rodgers. Like, he has as many, like, NFC titles. He has as many Super Bowl wins. Like, why is he not in these conversations uh, with some of the all-time great or some of the, the era's great quarterbacks? And so I really do believe that the experience of the Rams with Sean McVay, in this kind of situation, it, it coaching will, will kind of rear itself. Like, Dan Campbell and those guys, like, did a great job. And you can get by, and you can win the North. And you can win some games that you're supposed to win. But I think now that when you get into the playoffs, this is where teams with, with, with coaches like Sean McVay have a, have a definite advantage. And ever since Sean McVay is, was embarrassed in that Super Bowl, he has been a completely different coach. He's been much better. I think a lot of it has to do with Matthew Stafford being there. But uh, give, me the, give me the Rams in a game that uh, I think as long as they just weather that first couple minutes when Detroit and that stadium's all geek, they should go out there and beat them. All right, Addy, you only saved yourself 40 seconds to give me the Eagles-Buccaneers winner. That game's terrible. We don't need to talk about it. Like, Tampa Bay, (laughs) like, the Eagles have been bad coming down the stretch. Like, no doubt about it. But, like, Tampa Bay last week, in a must-win game, they needed to beat the Panthers, and they scored nine points. Yep. That's why when everybody, when people are like, I think the the bot, like, dude, no. They're playing as bad, like. They're limping into the playoffs as much as the Eagles. So, yeah, give me the Eagles, I guess. I got it. I'm, that's, I'm taking the Eagles. That's my play as well. My producer, big Eagles fan, he's sweating it out. But I think the Eagles take care of business. And we will check in with you next week around your schedule. We'll work it out. Adam Rank, you're the best no. NFL network. Yeah, we'll work it out. Are you kidding me? It's no. What, it's what we do. Yeah, you're on the payroll, but I didn't tell you. Check's in the mail. I'll see you at the Super Bowl. There All you go, right. buddy. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM K Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. Halfway home on a Friday football fiasco. Russell Baxter next hour, but I'll get you caught up on a lot of tidbits. NFL and college get you caught up on the scores as well. Live from Vegas, you're listening to SportsX Radio.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, hour number two, KT, on a Friday football fiasco. Russell Baxter, the NFL football guru, he will join us about 20 minutes from now. So uh, we'll have one break before then, but we're going to get into a lot in this uh, segment here. I'll update some scores, but we, of course, at PSBR Law Studios, Panache Boyle Ravaputi, the best in personal injury. Jot the number down, 702 area code. You got 830-9353, the best in personal injury here in the Vegas Valley. Relentless pursuit of justice, strength by your side, is PSBR Law. PSBRlaw.com is the site, 830-9353. All right, three games going on the college hardwood right now on this Friday night. Villanova laying 19 big ones at home in Philly, 1054 to go regulation. They're up 16 on DePaul. 136 is your total, 62 to 46 your score. I'm feeling like this game's going to get over the total. We'll see if they uh, exchange buckets. Good one going in the horizon, Wright State and Youngstown State. Penguins at home in Youngstown, Ohio, taking on Wright State and Scott Nagy's Red Raiders coming off a nice blowout win, but right now it's nip and tuck. Youngstown State closing a one-and-a-half-point home favorite, but Wright State leads 34-32 at intermission. Meanwhile, Fran McCaffrey at home against Freddie Hoiberg's Nebraska Cornhuskers, 28-25, 5.30 to go first half. Hawkeyes up by three at Carver Arena there in Iowa City. They go off a four-and-a-half-point home favorite, 166 and a half. That's going to be a tall task, I think, to get up and over that total. But these two teams can light it up, and they go at a pretty good pace. And then the only game yet to tip off, Boise State and Nevada, again, from Lawler up north Nevada. And it is uh, Nevada minus six-and-a-half, 140 your total. And I think, you know, all these guys that do commercials, because, you know, everyone's coming into Vegas. I love Peyton Manning and Eli, and those guys are fun to watch, Monday Night Football and whatnot. But they're doing some special out here. But they're, you know, Nevada, Nevada. It's like, come on, man. It's Nevada. If you're coming out here, it's freaking Nevada. So just think of that a boy, Nevada boy. So that's it. Come out from Jersey or wherever you're, you know, you come down in you know, New Orleans or Mississippi. You got to still know how to, not Nevada, it's Nevada. So anybody coming in town, you don't want to look like, uh, you know, you're a, Misfit coming in from some faraway place, Nevada. We'll treat you a little bit more, with a little bit more respect if you know how to pronounce the state's name. All right, uh, the other college games, those extra games, they're always fun. And I did give you that one, Stetson, 84-66, because that was a betting game for KT. Uh, 84-66, the win by 18 in a game that uh, did stay under the total, 158.5, hit 150, 84-66. Stetson, North Florida beat Jacksonville 82-54, to so they covered that 4.5, and, and that game flew over the total. And then Kennesaw State beat Florida Gulf Coast. I gave you that as well, 78-75, but the uh, Florida Gulf to FGC got the cover of the 6.5. And, and that's the one that went over by a point, was 152. The total hit 153. 2-1 to one now, Minnesota doubling up on Philly on the ice, 15-40 to go in the third period. 
from Minnesota and Nashville. Now a 3-1 lead. Remember, that was one nothing. Predators. Now third period, still 15-10 to go. So it looked like a dead under, 6.5, sitting at 3-1. to one. If Dallas is able to get even, that game will go up and over the total. Uh, again, we, uh, we're going to talk some more NFL football, but those lines at the Westgate Superbook staying consistent. Browns minus 2, 45 your total against the Texans. Chiefs minus 4.5 at home. Frigid weather there, 43.5 your total. Tomorrow, NBA, these are the games that we do have lines on right now. It is Celtics at home against the Rockets, and the Rockets did pull off that win. They win the game in Detroit by two, so the Pistons go down again. Uh, Celtics minus 14 and a half total, 229 against Houston. Wizards, uh, they are going to be in Atlanta. Hawks minus eight, 254 the total after the Hawks get beat up in the fourth quarter last night at home. Knicks at Memphis. Remember, no John Morant, so you'll wonder why. Why are the Knicks seven-point road favorites, 224.5 at the FedEx Forum? Well, that's the reason. Uh, Knicks still not a great team to bet on on the road. Thunder at home, OKC, minus 11.5 against the shorthanded Magic from Orlando, 233 your total. Warriors getting beat tonight. Going to turn around and go to Milwaukee tomorrow, and the Bucks minus 11, 246. Early line has the Bulls on the road in San Antonio, minus 5, 224.5. Pelicans, Mavs, no line out as of yet because question marks on who's going to be playing in that one. And then the Lakers, two-point road favorites in Utah, 238 is your total. Let me go up to those games right now that are rolling in the NBA. Again, Rockets did beat the Pistons, 112-110. Heat lead the Magic, 88-82 now with 735 to go in the fourth quarter. Again, Miami closing a 1.5-point favorite. Clippers blowing out the Grizz, 525 to go in Memphis, 117-99, laying 8.5. Never know, NBA, things change in a hurry. But the Blazers, my goodness, the last two nights, again, lost by 62 last night. Right now losing by 33. 6.40 6.40 to go fourth quarter in Minnesota, 104.71. Blazers losing. Last night, I think they only got 77 total, so it's actually 105.71. Now they're down 34. Warriors have come back, so now they lead the Bulls in the Windy City with 7.30 to go fourth quarter. So big turnaround there, and that game's going to fly over the total. Total's 228. They're already at 226 with 7.30 left in that fourth quarter, and the Warriors are 116-110 lead. Pelicans and Nuggets from Big D. Uh, Denver minus five and a half, two thirty and a half. That's the only game yet to tip off. Spurs are up one hundred eight seventy five, and uh, cruise control right now by thirty three big ones over the Hornets, laying two and a half total, two thirty seven. Uh, still ten fifteen to go in that fourth quarter, and then the Jazz up on top of the Raptors twenty eight twenty five, and second quarter just underway from Utah. Gave you pretty much all the college scores, all the finals outside of Akron beating Buffalo seventy six. 59. I may have given you that one because they won by six uh, by 17, and they were laying 16 and a half over there at the Westgate Superbook. 142 and a half was your total, so the game stayed well under the total. Iowa now uh, 36-32 over Nebraska. 2:40 to go first half. Wright State update 17-25 to go second half at Youngstown State. 38-37. Wright State up by only a point, and Villanova up 16 still with 8:46 to go, leading DePaul now 69 to 53. Move on down. And uh, let you know that Minnesota scored again on the ice against Philly. So that's now 3-1. to one. So both games on the ice are both 3-1. to one. Nashville leads at Dallas with 13 minutes to go. Minnesota at home against Philly with 13.55 to go in regulation. Move on down. College basketball tomorrow. There are a ton of games. Let me look at some of the good ones. Tennessee coming off a loss, right? I mean, you had, what, four of the top five teams losing this week already, including... 
one, two, and three all went down. And uh, kind of crazy. Let me see. Tennessee is at Georgia. They're minus eight, 144 and a half. Georgia's a pretty good team this year. They're respectable. So that spread probably right there. 144 and a half is your total. Something tells me that uh, Tennessee, Rick Barnes is going to clamp down and have them play defense. And Georgia can struggle from the floor sometimes. So I would look at the under in that game, 144 and a half. Because I think the line's right where it could be. Now, Tennessee, you know, they can get it going to where they can get a blowout victory on the road. But this Georgia team's respectable on offense. Butler at the Hinkle Fieldhouse taking on Seton Hall. And the Hall, you know, playing some pretty good ball. And they've got some road wins already in the conference. But they barely got past Georgetown on the road by four. Butler, remember, Butler with the big second half. Now, Sean Jones went down for Marquette. But Butler came back and beat Marquette in Milwaukee. Now they're going to lay four and a half against the Hall. I would look at Butler, but I'll respect Seton Hall. So I'll probably stay away from that one. Ohio U, minus three and a half at Western Michigan. Don't like anybody there. This Wisconsin team's pretty good. And Northwestern comes off a a, a nice home win as well. Uh, Both these teams are feisty. And seven and a half is a lot of points to lay for Wisconsin. Uh, But they are there. At the Kohl Center, 136, your total. That line looks right. Looks right where it should be. Northeastern just came off a nice home upset win. And now they're going to lay two to Towson. Towson coming off a home win as well. NC State laying seven and a half at Louisville. And Louisville comes off a road victory at Miami. That's impressive. Stay away from that one. Syracuse, North Carolina. Carolina's playing good ball. They just got a nice win in Raleigh. Never easy to beat the pack there. But the heels are really playing well. Hubert Davis has these guys focused in. Laying a baker's dozen, though, to Syracuse, 154, your total. When in doubt, what do you do? You bet on Moorhead, according to my buddy Mark Shirazi. So uh, Moorhead State, minus 4.5 at SIU Edwardsville, 138. I'll probably look there. VCU, remember I said I got to stay away from those? Those Rams, man, they crush me. I'd like to take the Explorers of LaSalle at home in Philly, plus the 4.5, but I'll stay away, 145.5, so nothing yet has jumped out. Stony Brook, not a bad team, minus 2, 143.5 at William & Mary. San Diego State at New Mexico, so New Mexico comes off the loss to UNLV by 10. They're at home at the Pit in Albuquerque, laying 3 to State. Ah, boy, it's always tough to lay points to San Diego State because it's tough just to beat them, but that place, was, I will tell you, that place, Richard Patino will have that place packed tomorrow. That place will be jumping. But San Diego State, remember, with the run they made all the way to the finals last year, you know, the final game of the year, I mean, Dutcher's team, they've got some uh, prowess, to say the least. And so they're not going to be intimidated in a venue that's going to be rocking and rolling. Boy, I'll tell you, if it was San Diego State minus three, I'd take the uh, Lobos. But I'll, I'll just wait for that one. 150 is the total. Remember San Diego State, they went up to the kennel and they beat up on Gonzaga. So, and they beat Gonzaga good. So that's where I, boy, I'll tell you what, part of me wants to just take San Diego State. And you can find three and a halfs around town. At the Westgate Superbook, it's three. New Mexico minus three. So if you're going to take State, Jay Cornegay will even tell you, get the best number. Go take the three and a half somewhere else. Wofford's at the Citadel. They're minus one, 144 and a half. Citadel can get up and bite you at home. And Wofford is a decent team, but they're not. The Terriers team is not the same team we've seen in years past. Miami of Ohio minus 6.5 at home against Eastern Michigan. I would look there. I would look at Miami of Ohio in that game. 144 is your total. Creighton also minus 7.5 against St. John's. St. John's was fortunate the other night just to get a win. And uh, they were you know pretty good favorites and only won the game by two or three points. 
uh, Creighton needs a big win. But St. John's is physical. So they'll, they'll rough up Kalkbrenner, the center there, for Creighton's Blue Jays for McDermott. But, you know, some of the other guys are going to have to, Shireman and those guys are going to have to knock down some shots for the Blue Jays to get the home win and get that cover. Mississippi, Kermit Davis's guys playing good ball. They're minus 11. Looks like a lot against Vandy. Uh, Vandy, Stackhouse's boys, not, not good at all this year. Uh, I, I want to take Ole Miss, but they could sleepwalk through that game and win it by seven or eight and not really care. Northern Kentucky, the Norse, they're at Detroit. They're laying 10, 136 uh, I'd only look Northern Kentucky. This Detroit team is pitiful. I don't think they've won a game yet. They're really bad. East Tennessee State, they're at Furman. Furman's minus six and a half. I would lay that. Lay the six and a half with Furman. East Tennessee State's a decent team, but they just lost at home the other night, and Furman got a nice home win. And I think they get one by double digits here. I think they pull away. Uh, Indiana State's at home. They're minus 12 against Belmont. Ordinarily, right, you think of Belmont, you're like, oh, Belmont's going to cover that easy. Indiana State's coming off a road loss at Drake. And Drake's the other team that will battle them for the Missouri Valley. Now, Belmont's pretty good on their home court. But I think the Sycamores, I think Larry Bird's alma mater opens it up big. And I think Indiana State ends up blowing out Belmont. I think they'll be fired up, especially coming off that loss against Drake. So I would take Indiana State. I know it looks like a lot, but I would lay the points. Western Carolina, keep an eye on this Catamounts team. This Catamounts team is pretty good, but they're going into Mercer, and they're laying three and a half, and Mercer's good enough to beat them. Uh, again, Western Carolina is, is good, and they are a team that, uh, you know, the Blue Ribbon, which is a very solid college basketball book, may be underestimated a little bit. I'll stay away from this one because I respect Mercer on their home court. UMass minus three and a half at Rhode Island. Could only look at Frank Martin and UMass in that one. Rhode Island, though, is pesky at home, so nothing yet on that one. Kent State at Central Mish. Kent State minus six and a half, 141 and a half. Not impressed by the Golden Flashes. Thought they were much better. Hofstra minus nine and a half. They're at Campbell against the Fighting Camels. No, uh, no play there. Bradley, the boys from Peoria at Illinois, Chicago, laying three and a half, 136 and a half, your total there. I'll stay away there. I like Bradley, but in Peoria much better, like most teams on their home court. G-Dub at home against Davidson, minus one and a half, 149. No play there. Providence, shorthanded. Remember, they lost one of their better players, but they're playing pretty good ball still. And I think they cover the three against Xavier. Xavier's not a bad team in Cincinnati, but I'm not trusting them on the road. Oakland, Golden Grizzlies, minus 13 and a half at IUPUI. Uh, No play there, but I could only look Oakland. IUPUI, not a good team. Uh, Oklahoma and Kansas, Kansas minus six and a half. Remember, they're off the loss, and Oklahoma, uh, they're okay, but on the road, the Sooners are still going to struggle. I know they got off to that unblemished start, but they've come back to earth, and Kansas, again, off the loss. They're going to be fired up and focused in that game for Coach Self. Virginia's at Wake Forest, Wake Forest minus six. Uh, Bennett's boys are inconsistent, Virginia up and down. A&M, Buzz Williams, they're two-point home favorites against Kentucky, 154 and a half. I can't trust A&M. I mean, I know the crowd's going to be into it, but Kentucky Calipari's guys are good enough to get the win. Purdue, remember coming off the loss, they're taking on the Hoaxers. Penn State and Nittany Lions are laying 18 and a half. It's a lot of points. A lot of points, but uh, again, Purdue, Zach Eady could have a field day in the paint. Penn State, really nobody there to stop them. But the other guys have to step up and knock down threes. Florida State's at Notre Dame. They're minus one. Notre Dame's been playing good, solid ball, especially at home, so I'm not going to touch it. Florida State, the tallest team in the country, should control the boards. If they can do that, they can get some easy putbacks against a smaller Irish team, no question. Fordham's at St. Bonnie. St. Bonnie's minus 11, nothing. UNLV at home against Utah State. They're catching two. They're shorthanded. 146 and a half's your total. 
But I think the boys, the brothers, are going to step up and uh, take care of business. The Boone boys are pretty darn good there, and I think Krugs will have them focused in. Betting number always a problem for me because it's 666 for UNLV. I'm not going to let that number get in the way. The old Mark of the Beast won't scare me. I think UNLV is going to win that game tomorrow and make it 2-0 on the week. Seattle U's laying one at Texas Arlington. Uh, they lost a tough game, and Arlington came off a nice win. I'll stay away there. Denver minus, or they're plus two against South Dakota State. Jackrabbits got a one-point win at St. Thomas last night, which was impressive. How about Clemson at home at Little John? They're minus nine against Boston College. It's a decent Boston College team, but I think Clemson's going to take care of business. They're coming off a loss on the road and got beat up pretty good. Uh, by a dozen. I think Clemson will be ready to roll on Boston College. So that's one of the ones I'll look at. Uh, Texas State lays three to UL Monroe, 131.5, nothing there. Mizzou at home, not impressed, minus 1.5 against South Carolina, who's, of course, much better in Columbia. They're both in Columbia. So if I said that, you're like, oh, we'll take South Carolina. They're in Columbia. Unfortunately, it's Columbia, Missouri that they're at, uh, not South Carolina. So I'll stay away from that one. Ark State going to lay 2.5 against UL Lafayette, nothing there. Old Dominion, that's a good team taking on Coastal Carolina. ODU lost a big lead the other day and end up losing. Uh, they may get a road win at Coastal Carolina, but haven't done anything with that one yet. Central Florida, they're going to catch 4.5 on their home court. Central Florida just beat Kansas. BYU's good, but they shouldn't be laying 4.5 there at Central Florida. So we'll see. If Central Florida's not too full of themselves after beating Kansas, they may be able to get another one against a ranked team, but BYU pretty good. Bowling Green, one and a half at Northern Illinois into DeKalb. Nothing there. Wyoming's minus four against Fresno State. I'd lay it. This Fresno State team is not good. And the Pokes, they actually played tooth and nail, really solid first half in their last game, but then they got blown out in the second half. Uh, but I think Wyoming will be ready there up there in Laramie. St. Joe's minus seven against Loyola, Chicago. I like the Hawks at home. I'll take them as well. SMU's laying five at East Carolina. East Carolina just got a nice road win. Won't touch that one. Uh, Ponies on the road, uh, still a better team, but East Carolina is starting to play pretty good ball. Appalachian State is catching four and a half against James Madison. Keep an eye on that game. That's one of the better games of the day in the Sun Belt. That's going to be a fun game because App State is real and JMU is real. So that's going to be a fun one. Texas Tech laying seven to Kansas State. I like this Texas Tech team, but that may be uh, just about enough there for Kansas State to get a cover. Northridge going to lay four and a half to Fullerton. I think they cover. And uh, I'll have to take a break in just a minute, but let me roll down a couple more. Uh, Florida, eight and a half. They're at home against Arkansas. Mm, too many points, but Florida coming off a road loss where they were a favorite. So they're going to be smarting. The Gators will be ready for that one. And then the Battle of Illinois, the directional schools, Western Illinois at Eastern Illinois. And Western, the Leathernecks, favored by a point over uh, Tony Romo's alma mater, Eastern Illinois. Minus one, 131 and a half. Some of these games, I love them. They're intriguing. There's just tons and tons of college basketball. Duke's laying 17 and a half to Georgia Tech. That's a lot of points. Not going to touch it, but uh, Duke can cover it if they get on a roll. Texas laying six and a half in Morgantown against West Virginia. And uh, we'll see how that one goes. But West Virginia, if they play their A game, they could get a cover there. Richmond minus three and a half against George Mason. Mason coming off a home loss to VCU, which ticked me off, cost me some money. And Bruce Pearl's boys minus 14 in the Battle of Tigers against LSU. And then Iowa State and uh, T.J. Otzelberger and his Iowa State boys taking out the number two team, the Houston Cougars. They're at home against Oklahoma State, laying 12 and a half. So those are just some of the key games. Arizona back in action. They're at Washington State. Wazoo with a nice road win at USC. We'll see if the Cats get 
on track there. And then another good one. Houston is laying five and a half to TCU. Jamie Dixon's Horn Frogs will be ready. I would take the five and a half. I know Houston's coming off a loss, but when you're going to some of these venues on the road in the Big 12 for the first time, you have no clue. You have no clue what that environment's like. TCU will cover that five and a half. I will not be surprised if Houston drops another one. Two in a row for Kelvin Sampson going down. Take a break. Come back. Talk some NFL football. Russell Baxter, the NFL guru. It is SportsX Radio. Yes, it's a Friday football fiasco, but you know KT loves his college basketball, so he'll always duck those in. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM Dawn. streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Good to yourself, baby. You know it. I'm looking forward to a great weekend. NFL football, lots of college hoops all weekend long and tons of games. And KT was just kind of screening through the rest of them as I was going down. And there's going to be some really fun games. So I'll put a bunch out on Twitter. I'll probably play about 15, 17 games I'm looking like on Saturday. Last week ended up 13-9 and on Saturday and then 2-0 and on Sunday. And so it was good. It was a good weekend, but it should have been 14-8, and eight, but Cal Poly ended up losing by the hook there at the end. So uh, I really enjoyed following the entire country as far as college hoops, and I'll tweet out a bunch of those games. I gave you a bunch just now, but there'll be some, there'll be some upsets. And some of these teams, just because they lost and they're in the top five or six in the country, don't think they can't lose again. Like I'm telling you, especially these teams that have moved into new conferences and have no clue about these road venues. As good as a coach as Kelvin Sampson is, and he's dynamite for Houston, they're going to be in trouble in a bunch of these games. And uh, Jamie Dixon's Horned Frogs should be ready in Fort Worth tomorrow. All right, let's keep on cruising. Uh, Update a couple of these uh, games, and then we're going to get with Russell Baxter, and we're going to close out the last two segments, get back to the NFL. Uh, Real quick, on the ice, those two games, if you have the over on that little mini Grand Salami, that's the total with both games, over or under, you're going to get the over. Nashville and Dallas, it is to 4-3 now. The Preds lead with 4.50 to go in the third period. And Philly has come back to time Minnesota, 3-3, 5.45 to go third period. Those are your only two games on the ice. At the half, Iowa Hawkeyes, McCaffrey's guys up on top of Freddie Hoiberg's Cornhuskers, 41-36 from Iowa City. Wright State leads Youngtown, Youngstown State 60-53 to now, 10 minutes to go in the second half. And Villanova up 17 now make it 20, 85-65 with 2.31 to go on to Paul. Laying 19, up by 20. I'll let you know if they cover that, and we'll keep an eye on that Warriors-Bulls game. That's about over, 138-130. Warriors, 25 seconds left, and uh, Spurs just burying the Hornets. You're going to get a win and a cover there in a game that should get up and over the total. And then the other two games just underway, Nuggets and Pelicans, and the Jazz up 11 on the Raptors, 5.50 to go in the first half. A look at the scores, but get with our good man, Russell Baxter, who's accommodating us on a Friday night. We're going to go rapid fire as far as uh, the games, but first thing, got to get Russell's take because he's followed the NFL as closely as anybody uh, his entire life and does a great job professionally, and we're very fortunate to have him, SportsX Radio. And Russell, just kind of in a nutshell, uh, with Belichick, he's out, and Gerard Mayo, the new guy there in New England, a lot of people thought maybe Vrabel would be that guy going up there to Foxborough, 
but Gerard Mayo has really come on the last couple of years as an assistant coach and done a, st- a stellar job. And a lot of people thought that uh, he he may be the guy, and he ends up getting the job. Your take on that decision by the owner, Mr. Robert Kraft? You know, it's funny. And, and how you doing, Ken? It, it's uh, it's almost deja vu like, Ken, um, in terms of what the Houston Texans did a year ago. Um, now. Obviously, Gerard Mayo's been with the Patriots as an assistant. Um, when Houston hired um, D'Amico Ryans, uh, he was, uh, at the time, the San Francisco 49ers uh, defensive coordinator. But, of course, his legacy as a player, for the most part, uh, was a Pro Bowl linebacker with the Houston Texans. So here we are, uh, a Pro Bowl linebacker with the New England Patriots, um, is now their new head coach. And I think, uh, you know, Robert Kraft uh, and the organization is hoping to strike gold as the Texans did. I mean, the, the Ryans uh, and the Texans are in the playoffs. Uh, they host the Browns, uh, not in less than 24 hours, I should say. And, uh, you know, Ryans took a team. Think about this. This was a team, the Texans, that had won 11 games. In three years, 11-38-1, and he led them to a 10-7 and finish. Um, now, that also came about with Nick Casario. Uh, by the way, Nick Casario, one time part of the New England Patriots uh, organization. There's just some very interesting parallels, Ken. And I think the Patriots are looking for um, maybe lightning to strike twice. Get a guy who knows the organization, knows the fan base. Now, that can be important and not necessarily important, but he certainly knows how the Patriots run business. And, you know, I I know there's such an outcry now to get an offensive head coach because the league is more geared toward an offense. Well, uh, I disagree with that a little because we, we see some teams around this league known for their offense and because their defense isn't playing very well. They either miss the playoffs or are coming into the playoffs limping. Kevin Stefanski and the Browns, very solid defense. Offense doing a lot more with Joe Flacco at the helm, no doubt about it. And Amari Cooper has turned back the clock as well. He looks outstanding. And we know Njoko has trouble catching the ball sometimes, but when he does, he is a beast as well. Ford has stepped up nicely, even more so than Kareem Hunt with the absence of Nick Chubb. Your take on that game, because we know the defense gets a lot of the credit there for Cleveland, but since Flacco has been at the helm, the offense has been able to move the ball. And did you have an update on Denzel Ward? Because I know he had, uh, I, I think, tweaked the knee early in, in practice this week, did not know if he'd be able to go. And that's the thing with Cleveland. They need all hands on deck, as does any team this time of year. And you mentioned uh, Houston. They're a lot of fun to watch. And I'm just wondering, as far as their receiving core, if Noah Brown's going to be in there to help out Nico Collins. Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to see some game-time decisions in this game of, of a game that was played a couple of weeks ago uh, in Houston and uh, handily won by the Browns. Uh, Flacco uh, with a big day and Amari Cooper, what can you say, 265 yards receiving against the Texans. That's a franchise record for the Browns, but there's something to keep in mind here. Uh, C.J. Stroud did not play in that game. Um, And the Texans' defense, a little spotty, a little up and down, but they couldn't cover Cooper that day. 
The Flacco story is extremely interesting. For him to come in basically off the couch, the sofa, the love seat, or wherever he was sitting, uh, and come in and do what he does, first off, it shows you there's a lot to be said for a guy with arm strength like that. What's interesting about the Browns, Ken, is this. First off, they are the first team in 20 years to lead the league in turnovers and still make the playoffs which I find fascinating. Mm. They turned over the ball 37 times this year, and it didn't matter who the quarterback was. They all took their turn turning over the quarterback. You go back to Flacco. Here's another one, interesting one. Joe Flacco has thrown at least two touchdown passes in the five games that he started for them. He also threw at least one pick in each of those five starts. So Joe Flacco giveth, and, or I should say Joe Flacco taketh, and Joe Flacco giveth away. So I think this has the potential to be a very high-scoring game. The Browns' defense is outstanding. Um, it can get to the quarterback. It can turn you over. It can also be a little susceptible at times. It's a big play defense. Um, with Jim Schwartz, you, you get a lot of pressure from the up front. Miles Garrett had a monster year named uh, him and Nate, uh, all. I'm sorry, him and T.J. Watt were named the All-Pro edge rushers uh, earlier today. Um, I think this is a fascinating spot for the Texans. And um, it's really, at least in my mind, it's also the two leading candidates for NFL Coach of the Year with Ryan and Kevin Stefanski. Um, I don't see any way that the Texans don't keep this close. In fact, I think they maybe pull away with this late. Here's something fascinating about the Texans as well. This is their seventh trip to the playoffs. They have never made the playoffs as a wild card. This is the seventh time they won the AFC South, and they've done it in the last, since 2011. It's their seventh division title in, in um, what would that be, uh, 13 years? It's pretty impressive. That is impressive. And, of course, uh, we know Miles Garrett. He's a guy, the sack master there for Cleveland with his 14 sacks. But Jonathan Greenard, who misses his last game, uh, he will be able to go for Houston, 12 and a half sacks, 15 tackles for loss on the season. That is big for Houston. The second game tomorrow is going to be the Dolphins and Chiefs. And my goodness, Russell, I mean, I know the, the weather's hitting you over there on the East Coast, and it's going to be nasty in Kansas City. Right now, listed game time, they're looking at minus one, and that's without the wind chill, and they're looking to winds up as high as 18, 20 miles an hour there. So it's going to be... Cold for those Dolphins going into Kansas City. Chiefs are minus four and a half. It'll be cold for them as well. 43 and a half. Boy, I'll tell you, I don't know if Mostert's going to be able to go and be effective, but they'll need him. Achan has been listed as probable, and Miami's going to have to find a way uh, to move that ball. Tyreek Hill going to do what he can, but just what will the conditions uh, show us as far as passing the ball effectively? So we'll wait and see. But who do you like in that one? Chiefs have not been playing great ball, but Miami that loss to Buffalo, that kind of put the writing on the wall and uh, just can't seem to get Waddle and Hill on the field at the same time throughout the season. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, Miami went into that game last weekend um, and had not lost two games in a row all year. Uh, and the last time they went a full season without losing two games in a row was way back in 1990 when Dan Marino was still there and Don Shula was still there. But um, their special teams cost them. Um, their lack of a running game, um, which showed flashes. a did, did have a big day against them, but Mostert has had a special kind of year, especially 
uh, reaching the end zone. And it had to be disappointing for, um, I'm sorry, for uh, Mike McDaniel, the fact that they did turn Josh Allen over three times in that game and just couldn't make uh, the most of it. Uh, I think a, a lot is being made about the Dolphins not dealing with cold weather, as if none of the people who play for the Dolphins have ever played in the cold weather playoff game mm-hmm. or a cold weather game, period. Um, and you already mentioned Tyreek Hill. Do you think he knows something about playing in cold weather and playoff games in, in Kansas City? Um, by the way, strictly historical for whatever it's worth, the only time ever previously the Dolphins played a playoff game in Kansas City. I don't have to remind you, it's still the longest game in the history of the NFL. I think it was the greatest game, greatest game I ever saw. I Really, I mean, I, probably the greatest game from start to finish that I ever watched. Yeah, it was the, 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 and, and a guy named Ed Podolak, who had 350 total yards on offense and special teams, and it still wasn't enough. The Dolphins won that game. In fact, the Dolphins... No, 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 no. Yeah, the Chargers won that game. No, no, no. I'm talking about Chiefs Dolphins, 1971. Oh, okay. All right. I was. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Chargers Dolphins. That was the greatest game I ever saw with the Winslow yeah, blocked. You're thinking right. the 81. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. The the, the the Dolphins beat the the Chiefs 27-24 in the AFC Divisional Playoffs in 1971. Double overtime it still remains the longest game in NFL history. Um, that being said, forever this is worth. The Dolphins are three and zero against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, the Chiefs' offense has been sporadic to say the least. Um, their defense. This now think about this for a second, Ken. The Chiefs have scored 125 fewer points than they did a year ago when they led the league in scoring, but. It's also worth noting the Chiefs have given up the second fewest points in the league this year behind the Ravens. That may surprise some people. Last week, they sat a lot of people in the beat uh, the Chargers at SoFi Stadium without scoring an offensive touchdown. I kind of like the Dolphins in here. I think they have more depth in the backfield, and I think that's going to play a big part in this game. Kansas City uh, has lost 20, twice as many games as they did a year ago. Um, it's not that they're immune to losing playoff games at home. They've lost two AFC championship games there. Um, it is going to be low scoring. Uh, I can't see any way around that, especially if the wind is a factor. But I'm kind of leaning Miami in this game. Wow, surprise there. there. He is Russell Baxter and, of course, the great Jan Stenerud winning that game in Kansas City going on to knock off Minnesota in the Super Bowl the year after the Jets beat the Colts and put the AFL on the map big time. We're going to take a break real quick. We'll come back. We'll go over the other four games with Russell. That game, that KC-Miami game that he was talking about, was a nail-biter. So, you know, that can take a toll on your heart. Folks, I'm going to segue right there. The Preventative Diagnostic Center, we got that heart CT scan and calcium score special that Dr. John Pierce has out there for you. We've got the only scanner of its kind in the region, gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can check out the scanner right there at pdcenterlv.com, but give a, a call right now. You can leave your name and number. They'll get back to you and set up that free educational consultation. Make sure you tell them KT SportsX Radio sent you. You got the 702 down for Vegas, 534-7900, 534-7900. 534-7900. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, 
You get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Got to be demographically between the ages of 40 and 72 to use the scanner. And again, the heart CT scan and calcium score, $600 value, $125. Your significant other, absolutely free. Two of you get in there. Make sure those arteries aren't clogging up. Get in there, take advantage of that special, and find out how you can get all your arteries checked out. And not only that, all your organs checked out internally. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900, pdcenterlv.com. Take a break. Come back. Hit those last four games with Russell Baxter. Follow him on X, at Bax Football Guru. It is SportsX Radio on a Friday football fiasco. I'm Ken Thompson. We'll be right back live from Vegas. The thrill is not gone. Are you kidding me? Wild card weekend. The thrill is just beginning. B.B. King is uh, Mark Hoke spinning the hits on a Friday football fiasco. KT live over here at PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. You miss any part of the show, use the Odyssey Rewind feature. Good to go right after the show concludes. Just use that search and uh, put SportsX Radio right in there. Don't forget the Mark Hoke Show, the best in professional wrestling, coming up Sunday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Same deal goes there. And applies there. Russell Baxter at Bax Football Guru. He is with me here, and we've hit up on two of the games for Saturday. Getting into the three now for Sunday's action. We'll start it off where it's going to be cold and uh, snow in the forecast and wind, nasty wind up to uh, right now. They got it listed as 27 miles per hour, but things can change. But keep an eye on that weather. But it looks like it's going to be pretty darn cold there. Buffalo Bills are minus nine and a half, 33 and a half. We know that Gabe Davis is out and also Taylor Rapp. Very solid secondary player, good safety out as well. And, of course, T.J. Watt out for the Steelers. And the Steelers will uh, uh, got some good news because Najee Harris is going to be able to go along with Jalen Warren. So that will help out Mason Rudolph as far as the run game. Russell Baxter, what about it? Going to be nasty there. I expect this uh, game to be lower scoring. That's why the total is 33-and-a-half. Josh Allen playing good, solid ball. But, you know, Pittsburgh will probably take this. You know, because on a on a clear field with good conditions, you know, when you're missing somebody like T.J. Watt and Josh Allen's able to have a field day and uh, do that dual threat stuff, uh, I think the weather may actually bring this game closer to where uh, Pittsburgh's able to hang around, especially if they get production from Najee Harris and also Warren. I think Warren's a guy that can have a big game in these type of conditions. Your take on this one? Yeah, I agree with you. In fact, I, I think it's going to be more than just the Steelers hanging around. I don't know why I feel this. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's a little momentum and a combination of what Buffalo is capable of and not capable of. Um, uh, but I like the Steelers here in an upset. There you uh, go. I, I, I love that. I love when you come out there and call it like that. That That's awesome just to go out there. Look, it doesn't always pan out, but you got that feeling. Sometimes you do. You get that feeling that a team not only is good enough to cover and hang around, but to outright get the W. And Buffalo fans will feel uneasy if it gets even close at the end because they know there's always something that goes wrong. Well, listen, they've won five games in a row, and they've certainly gone through their share of nail biters uh, along the way here. Um, they were down last week. I, I Listen, give credit for credit still. Um, and both these teams, you know, have had to rally late in the year to get here. And both got great news last week when the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, lost to Tennessee and put them instantly in the playoffs. Uh, but remember, Pittsburgh was 7-7 seven and seven and lost, losers of three in a row. 
including home losses to the Cardinals and the Patriots, which still have people scratching their heads, but made a quarterback change and won their last three games and are in. Buffalo was 6-6 six and six not so long ago. They won their last five games. Um, held on to beat the, the Chargers uh, at SoFi Stadium. Uh, it held on, uh, got a late field goal and beat the Chiefs. Uh, beat New England a couple of weeks ago. It, they uh, fell, you know, managed to get some takeaways early in the first half, but that still was a close game as well. Last week was a close game. I guess my point is this. Josh Allen is supremely gifted. Um, I think their defense has played better, but I think it's still susceptible to the run. And when you turn over the ball the way the Buffalo Bills have, now, listen, they had 30 takeaways this year, okay? Pittsburgh had 27. But the thing that strikes me about Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh only turned over the ball 16 times. Um, The first two games with Mason Rudolph, they did not turn over the ball. Last week you saw the weather conditions in Baltimore. No one was hanging on to the ball, and a couple lost fumbles and so on. Um, But Buffalo has turned over the ball 28 times this year. And I think when you play with that kind of risk factor, um, the weather can certainly be an equalizer. And, you know, it's funny, a couple of years ago, uh, on the first week of the season, uh, Mike Tomlin took the Steelers up there. Now, of course, T.J. Watt was playing, and they beat Buffalo in Buffalo. So uh, they know that place pretty well. I, I, I just get the sense, I think this is going to be a weekend of upsets um, around in these playoffs. Because for lack of a better word, Ken, no one is wowing me coming into the playoffs. I think we could have a year like three years ago um, where you had Tampa Bay get hot at the right time and someone steals the Super Bowl. Yeah, can't can't disagree there. And that Miami game turned not on Josh Allen, but on Deontay Hardy's 94-yard mm-hmm. punt return. Uh, if they get pinned deep there, they're still down a touchdown. They may not come back from that 14-7 deficit, so they do get the win there. All right, we got a couple minutes. Let's jump to the other games because want to make sure we get all these games in, and I know don't have a ton of time. Packers, young team, able to close out the Bears. Wasn't easy, but they got it done. Jordan Love and company, look, they're playing with confidence, but they're going to Dallas where Dallas was able to steal one from Detroit at home, remain unblemished. A lot of pressure on Dallas and McCarthy. If he ever lost to the Packers, I don't care what type of season they had. I feel he's out. If he loses this game outright, he would be out of there. Cowboys are minus seven, fifty and a half. Got about a minute and a half on this one. Cowboys have won 16 straight games at home. They've outscored the opposition 566 to 285. That's almost double. Um, very rare close games. It's a close game with Seattle, obviously the close game with the Lions. Um, Green Bay's defense worries me. Uh, you know, they played pretty good against the Bears last week, but uh, struggled to beat Carolina. Um, they're running the ball better. But I just think Dallas has too many ways uh, to do this. Now, this is just a weird statistical note. But the Packers have never lost a game at AT AT&T Stadium. They've beaten the Cowboys there four times and the one Super Bowl against the Steelers in 2010. That being said, Dallas with a lot of momentum. Dallas, I think, division champions almost unexpectedly because of the way the Eagles have fallen apart. Dak Prescott has had an MVP-type year. Um, I think Green Bay maybe keeps it interesting in the first half. 
but I think there's a lot of momentum going Dallas's way here. Playing at home, I think, is huge for them. And, uh, you know, the 49ers have been their albatross the last two years. But this week, I, 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 I like the Cowboys' chances, and I kind of like them a lot after, like I said, a close first half. All right. Leaves us a minute for both of the uh, last two games. Rams and Lions. Stafford going back to Detroit. Detroit minus three. Uh, they're holding out that maybe Laporta can go. He did not practice today, but it says questionable still. I don't think he's going to go. 52.5 is your total, and we know Nakua and Cup, what a combination that is. Stafford's going to have confidence, at least early. Can uh, can Goff and that great running tandem of Montgomery and Gibbs give the Lions and Montgomery the much-needed win? And again, got about a minute. I like the Lions. I like their two-headed running attack. Uh, you mentioned uh, Gibbs and, and Montgomery. I think they've been unsung for this team. Um, obviously, the quarterbacks facing each other, facing their their former teams. Uh, the Lions haven't won a playoff game since 1991. I think they're about to snap that. There you go. And Hutchinson and company going to try and make sure they get in Stafford's face, who will get a great ovation, as we say, uh, as the lineups are announced. But then once the game starts... Forget about it. And they, uh, I, I guess they're, they're not letting people wearing Stafford jerseys, uh, in there. Uh, you know, Stafford Lions jersey. That's just crazy stuff. They've done that at Detroit. They actually had a, uh, a shirt that was made. My buddy worked there and, uh, back when they won four preseason games and it said preseason champs. And then they were not allowed to wear those things into Ford Field. Just crazy. All right. About 40 seconds to go. Hoekster, my producer, his Eagles, minus three at the Bucks. Bucks struggling just to get past Carolina, but they're in. Real quick, give me a breakdown. Who wins this one? Eagles minus three on the road. Can they get it together? They've been struggling. Uh, yes, they have. This is a team that went from 14-3 and three and outscoring uh, with a scoring differential of plus 133 to 11-6 and six and a scoring differential, Ken, of five. They're 1-5 and five in their last six games. Their defense has been horrendous, especially in the second half. Uh, Tampa Bay couldn't get scored touchdown last week, settled for three field goals. Uh, this is a rematch from a Monday night game earlier this year when the Eagles went in there um, and won. Tampa Bay finished with, I believe, five wins in their last six games. Polar opposite of the Eagles. Who wins it, Russ? I That's- like the Bucks. You like the Bucks to win. I'll go with the Eagles. That'll be our gentleman's bet for the week. He is Russell Baxter at Bax Football Guru. That'll do it on a Friday football fiasco. KT Mark Hoke back on Monday. You know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM K-Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday. God bless. Good night, everybody.